0: And sometimes in relationships that are not in a good place, one of the things I hear from them specifically is that they don't get touched at all. Their partner doesn't touch them, so they don't actually have physical touch. In this podcast episode,
1: I talk to marriage and family therapist Crystal DeSantis about what men can do to improve their sex life and their relationship with their partner overall
0: in my work was drawn to is working with men therapy and counseling tends to be fairly heavily weighted female i'm a woman but i really found that my passion population was men the other thing is i do a lot of sex therapy and so working with people who are specifically looking to improve their intimate connection improve their sex life that is also another population that tends to be looking for.
1: Yeah. One, I, I, think. I think certainly when it comes to intimacy, there's, I think the the best analogy I've heard is that when it comes to intimacy, l- women are like ovens and men are like microwaves. So but for a woman, I think that I've heard the term "foreplay place starts at breakfast. It's very difficult when you've got a busy family life to instigate, a, find a place where you have time to be comfortable enough to be intimate and okay. Often that's the problem. And I think a lot of men that I've spoken to say that I think they feel rebuffed if they're not, if Mm -hmm. they try and instigate intimacy and they're not back. And often they just see that as a flaw on themselves when actually it's quite often that their partner's tired or they've got issues at work or they're stressed or they're, it's obviously a big generalization, but I think men find it easier to to, to be in a position where they want to be intimate. And I think maybe it's not
0: the, the case. The other way around some of it has to do with biology in that emily nagoski she wrote this book she's done a lot of research into the science of sexuality and what she talks about is the difference between spontaneous and responsive desire okay. so spontaneous desire is where your body is ready and this is where the biology is men it's pretty obvious when their body is like hey I'm awake, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah. But that doesn't necessarily correlate with feeling turned on. It's sometimes just the wind blew a certain way. Right. I woke up in the morning. I laid yeah. down. But my body says it's ready. And then right. my mind is, huh, I could totally do it right now. Right? Whereas for women, it tends to be the opposite. It's not so obvious sometimes if you're not as connected to what your body is doing. So your mind has to go there first before you become aware of, oh, okay. oh my body is ready. Does that make sense? It
1: does make sense.
0: Yeah. And so some of that is just the biology and the placement of where your genitals are and how obvious it is when you're aroused and not. You think it
1: comes down to things like hormones. So the sheer fact that if you've got more, if you've got more testosterone in your body, so women who maybe work out or maybe do you think that naturally they are more predisposed to having a higher libido or sex drive because they've got more testosterone?
0: So in my book, I talk about there's three different ways. In and In my work with couples, I talk about the three different ways in which sex is such a broad word. I, I often kind of start by using some language about drive. So there's libido, and then there's desire, and then there's intimacy, right? And so in a couple, in a marriage, in a relationship, it could be about, sex could be about libido, right? Mm-hmm. Simply you know, yeah, my hormones are feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm at that certain time of the month where I'm just much more horny. Yeah. Um, I've had good sleep. I feel good about myself. I'm not stressed. I'm on vacation. My libido is going up. Libido, desire, and then intimacy, right? So, okay. libido is baseline biology. Everybody's different. Um, everybody has. Peaks and valleys when it comes to libidos, men do too, right? If a man is under stress, if he's not sleeping well, if he's not taking care of his physical health, if his testosterone is off, that could affect his libido, right? And same thing with women. So there's biology. And then there's desire, which is something that is based on experience, right? What do you like when it comes to sex? What turns you on? And really creating that with a partner is where in a relationship, in a marriage, in a committed relationship is so important, right? Because if you're just relying on libido, what I say to couples sometimes, it's like relying on you and your partner to be hungry for the same thing at the same time. What specific type of food gets your wife in the mood, right? If you're just like, hey, you want a burger? She might be like, eh. But if you're like, hey, I'm gonna sit down pour you a glass of wine i'm going to start cooking that's the scene thing that suppose. you like exactly then you're much more likely because you're actually giving her something that she actually desires right and men are the same way right men are complex human beings men's sexuality is, is not just a one note thing right?
1: no
0: exactly and then there's yeah. intimacy which is Really, the kind of the whole complex experience of sex can be about reassurance. Sex can be about comfort. It can be a reinforcement of we're still connected and physically attracted to each other. The intimacy is also that next level where sex can represent something larger than simply just the physical act of oh, yeah. wanting to scratch an itch, right?
1: Which is interesting because I think it's the, the concepts of people's love languages are not always mm-hmm. the same, and it's a big generalization to say men are driven by sex that's not always mm-hmm. the case i've no. a lot of the research i've done so actually quite often it's the woman in the relationship that desires sex mm-hmm.
0: um, the sexual
1: act more than the man and actually but mm-hmm. well, i suppose what what i'm hearing from you is that the thing that links it is communication i'm mm-hmm. sure there's so many relationships which break down from a lack of communication or just misunderstanding mm-hmm. of just mm-hmm. assuming that someone hasn't said or done something and you I think you naturally, at protection, just assume the worst case scenario to protect yourself when it's probably quite not the case.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because communication, again, is such a broad statement, yeah, yeah. right? And I think what I see is yeah, being able to communicate in a way that transmits the message that you are trying to transmit. Yeah. And making sure that your partner is getting the message that you're trying to send is where a lot of times communications break down.
1: I suppose it being appreciated, isn't it? And it's knowing what your partner needs in order to feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whether that's, as you said, doing something for them that might not be what you want to do. And I think the fact mm-hmm. that they know that and can pick up on them. Mm-hmm. My partner's had a tough day. He doesn't, we're watching a film. He doesn't enjoy. This is for me. I think that mm-hmm. as well is saying, is showing your partner that you actually care and of setting the scene and making it, making the, sh- the situation, the opportunity for, for intimacy to be more likely.
0: Absolutely. And this is something else that I think is um, a common theme, especially, maybe you can tell me if you've heard this, but this idea that men just want to be needed, right? Men just want to feel useful. But what I've seen, especially when it comes to sex and cultivating intimacy in a long-term relationship, is people want to feel wanted desire is so much more powerful than simply feeling useful Useful. of course you want to feel useful but the idea that you are desired
1: yeah I think you're absolutely right I think that's really astute I'm happiest when I've got a project and especially if I'm doing something to serve my family or something I'm Mm -hmm. passionate about I feel good about myself but being useful is not always the sexiest term sometimes it's nice to know that actually someone finds you attractive And that's really important, irrespective of gender.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that's also where when working on sex with couples, when... Sometimes there's an over focus on frequency, right? I would just like to have sex this many times a week. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, it really is about that. Like you said, maybe the love languages of I would rather, of course, frequency is important if you have a light, high libido. But sometimes again, when it comes to the way that we socialize men and women, and like you said, the broad generalization that, oh, men just want sex. Often men are not, and you tell me how this lands for you, but especially in this culture men are not often allowed to ask for things that are vulnerable right and so it might seem easier to throw out hey do you want to have sex tonight than it is to say i'm feeling a little distant i would like some reassurance that you still find me
1: i agree i think a lot of it is how you phrase it i think it would take it's probably as about as vulnerable as you can be as a man to say, mm-hmm. can we have sex? Because I think mm-hmm. that's like, I'm asking you for something. The fact that I'm asking mm-hmm. you for this, a bit like, a, mm-hmm. can I have this? And mm-hmm. I think you're right. Maybe if you phrase it, I'm feeling a bit vulnerable. I'm feeling a bit less desired. I, I think you're right. It's not about, I want more sex. You want good sex. Whether it's every week or every fortnight or every month, I think it's mm-hmm. better to have good sex where you actually connect Because I think if a a woman's having sex with her husband just to to shut him up, that Mm -hmm. I imagine is even more damaging because he will know that she doesn't want to have sex. And if anything, that's just making him feel even less attractive.
0: Absolutely. And that's, again, where in sometimes in relationships that are not in a good place, one of the things I hear from them specifically is that they don't get touched at all. Their partner doesn't touch them, so they don't actually have physical touch. Maybe they're also with their kids. They're not very cuddly, so they don't yeah. get a lot of just physical touch in general. They don't touch their coworkers; They don't touch. And it's such a basic human need to be touched.
1: Right? Yeah, we're mammals. Ultimately, we imagine a lot of women think, if I do touch you, whether I give you a massage or a hug, I'm worried that then uh, am I giving you mixed signals? And then if mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want sex, are you going to be disappointed because you're mm-hmm. frustrated This that a hug or a, a head massage or just holding my hand didn't lead to something? I think, mm-hmm. is there an agenda? But I think you're right. Maybe sometimes you just I just want to sit next to you and just feel a connection.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because in other cultures, touch between people can be much more normalized in a lot of ways. And again, yeah. it depends on the culture, right? Not There's broad strokes. Um, but, for example, a platonic touch among men in other cultures doesn't have the same charge yeah. that it does in some Western cultures. yeah. And so that's, again, just a, where a lot of men in, in Western cultures are very touch-starved, right? So they do become very maybe excited right when their wife yeah. does touch them because they're like oh my gosh I'm being touched it, like, so it feels unique? really good more 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 yeah, more yeah, yeah. right um and then the maybe the wife is like yikes like I just wanted to yeah, get oh, me yeah 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 and so that also can perpetuate that cycle of like, you're doing me a favor by touching me every time I touch you you want more uh and and that can be a really difficult thing to balance
1: and it's getting the balance isn't it because I think there's nothing less unsexy than saying right it's Thursday night it's our sex night You can't, it doesn't work mm-hmm. like that you can't because mm-hmm. the minute it's scheduled like when we take mm-hmm. when we put the recycling out it's not attractive at all <laughs>
0: interestingly though it can be if it becomes something that you both anticipate throughout the week to like build anticipation oh, okay. as, a, yeah. as opposed to like a chore on a list like oh i forgot to take out the trash oh i forgot to yeah. have sex with my partner that's yeah. terrible but if it's like a okay every sexy thought you have during the week is going to be built up for our special it, night
1: it's knowing your partner's love language if, if it's important for your partner to have a clean house, yeah. I think it's important to make the effort to think. Well, I know what's important to you, so I will do mm-hmm. that. But I have to do it with no agenda. I have to do it, and just to show you that I love you. It's doing things without an agenda. And if I took the bins out, or I pick the kids up from school, or I make dinner, maybe that'll be enough. Sort of uh, enough points to to feel yeah. like. And I, that's not that doesn't work either. You can't no. you can't bribe someone into no. wanting to have sex. I decided to set up this podcast because I'm trying to create an online community that really supports parents, specifically dads, and specifically dads like myself who often struggle with their mental health. If that sounds like something you'd like to support, please follow my podcast, or if you watch this on my YouTube channel, please hit subscribe. I've recently just written a book called First Time Dad that's available on Amazon. If you'd like a completely free digital copy of that book, just let me know in the comments. All I would hope for is a completely honest review on Amazon once you've had a chance to take a look at it. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're okay. Take care. Dad Mind Matters. Helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. My book, First Time Dad, a 42-week guide to pregnancy, is available in Kindle and paperback form on Amazon and an audiobook form on Audible. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website www.dadmindmatters.com.